Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers are apparently balking at Gordon Hayward. I have some thoughts on beggars and choosing. Mark Stein reported in his Substack that you should be subscribed to the following, quote, I think trading him, Russell Westbrook, is going to be a lot harder than it sounds. They're obviously trying. The talk has already started. I've reported already two stories about Charlotte, which I keep hearing other teams regard Charlotte as a team to watch because it is pretty known that the Hornets are going to have to shed some salary. They've got to extend Miles Bridges. They might want to extend P.J. Washington. They're definitely going to want to extend LaMelo Ball when it's his turn. There's this thought the Hornets have to get off long-term money. I just reported yesterday that Gordon Hayward, while his salary is a natural fit there in a Westbrook trade, and why talent-wise you could say, you know what, it would be pretty interesting to see Gordon Hayward with LeBron and AD. I've been told that the Lakers are going to be mindful of injury histories here given how much time LeBron has missed and AD has missed the last couple of seasons. It's a situation where I'm getting the vibe, at least at this early juncture, that the Lakers wouldn't do a trade where Gordon Hayward was the headliner. Now, would Charlotte be willing to give up Terry Rozier? Rozier has played really well. They've extended him. I think they're happy with Terry Rozier. But again, Charlotte is a small market team. They're not just going to give everybody an extension. Somehow, some way, they're going to have to move some long-term money out. Let's face it, Hayward only has two more years left. It's not like he is under contract as long as Rozier. So will there be some dialogue on a trade headlined around Rozier and Westbrook? Again, I think Hornets fans are looking at this as, why on earth would we want Westbrook? We have LaMelo Ball. If the Hornets wouldn't be interested in this to give Russell Westbrook the ball, I don't even know they would give Russell Westbrook or I don't even know if they would keep Russell Westbrook or try, just try to buy him out. Uh, so that was from his uh, podcast or, or for from his uh, Spotify live session. That is uh, Mark Stein um, that, you know, kind of doubles down on some of the uh, things that he's hearing regarding what the Lakers are valuing there. Um, it's really interesting. I have I have a few thoughts on on everything to take away from this. First and foremost, this might be conjecture. It might be public negotiations. This isn't really how Palinka has done business to this point. Normally, these kinds of conversations are held just behind the scenes, and you know we basically find out about a move minutes before it's agreed upon. Um, he is working with or he would be working with a GM in Mitch Kupchak who also did not leak or give anything to the press when he was with the Lakers as well. So uh, it's interesting if this might be conjecture, would it signal kind of a change of approach from Rob Palenka in how he does business? I'm kind of skeptical that that might be the case, but you just never know. Now, regarding Hayward and his injury history, you you can't ignore it. The guy has missed a ton of time, especially since signing his contract in Charlotte. Uh, they are the kind; they are not the kinds of like freak injuries that have ailed LeBron and AD the last couple of years, right? LeBron gets that high ankle sprain um, when Solomon Hill dives into his ankle. AD lands on Rudy Gobert's foot. Has I think it was Jalen McDaniels. Uh, kind of fall into his knee. It, with Gordon Hayward, it, it's been kind of wear and tear, and those are the kinds of injuries that really give you pause. So from the Lakers' perspective regarding Gordon Hayward, I totally get it. You know you're probably not going to get more than 
65-ish games probably from from LeBron. Uh, Maybe you get 70-ish games from AD. Uh, But if you know going in that you aren't going to be able to rely on your two kind of centerpiece stars, it's really hard to go out and acquire a player who you know is going to be less available even than those guys. So I understand it. I get where they're coming from. However, beggars can't be choosers. Hayward fills a need, flat out. Not just in that you get the addition by subtraction by just getting rid of Russell Westbrook and sending him to Charlotte, but in terms of the position he plays, the way he plays it, and some of the things that the Lakers just desperately missed last year. They need guys around his size who they can understand and know where he's going to be defensively, that he plays predictably on both sides of the ball when he is healthy. That's the kind of role players that the Lakers desperately need at the wing. And the other thing here, too, is we see this, like the Dodgers do this a lot. Um, And I'm sorry if you guys are sick of hearing me kind of praise the way that the Dodgers are run and compare that to the way that the Lakers are run. One is run well, the other relies on Kurt Rambis. Uh, But the Dodgers do this thing really often, especially with pitching, where they see a pitcher kind of toiling in mediocrity. They see something in that pitcher's mechanics that they might be able to tweak. And then all of a sudden, you're looking at a really, really good pitcher that the Dodgers were able to buy low on and turn into a much more valuable uh, asset that that than you know the pitcher that arrived when they made the trade. Um, we used to see really good and smart basketball teams do this with injuries. The Phoenix Suns historically, back in the day when they had their training staff that was way ahead of the game, uh, really focused on core strength and balance and all of those things, and extended some guys' careers. Grant Hill, I think, is the most famous famous example of this, where obviously Grant Hill dealt with serious injuries over the course of his career, finally at the very end of his career, goes to Phoenix, has some of the most healthy runs that he had, you know, especially in the second half of his career, and, you know, really injected uh, a lot of value that would not, would have otherwise gone untapped if Phoenix didn't have such a, a, an ahead of its time training staff that they had back then. And, and look, I, I think to a certain extent, I, for one thing, I don't know enough about about physical therapy, uh, the way that the body works, or anything like that to judge whether or not the Lakers training staff is doing its job. I don't know enough about training staffs comparably, and I haven't done enough research to see where the Lakers kind of rank in this regard, how much they pay their training staff compared to other teams paying their training staff. But what I do know is that... Uh, if the Lakers were confident in their training staff, they wouldn't worry about this as much. And getting a player in Gordon Hayward, who was once considered, you know, borderline star, definitely an all-star, right? Max player at one point in his career. If you could, if you trusted your training staff and uh, you had the opportunity to shed Russell Westbrook's bad salary and bad attitude and instead bring in Gordon Hayward and his granted longer-term salary by only a year, um, and and bring him in and get him healthy and allow him to and and by the way retain his bird rights and uh, be able to uh, keep him maybe beyond this current contract um, on a, again a candidate that you basically you're swapping back contracts on on each other. 
if you trusted your training staff, that would be a very kind of heady play. It would be it would be a wise gamble. But clearly, if the Lakers are are, are leaking that they uh, would be nervous about Gordon Hayward's ability to stay available, uh, then this is something that they aren't really confident in and might pass on altogether. Lastly, as Stein said, this is early, and this is just one example that apparently has taken hold around the league of potential moves that the Lakers could make to get rid of Russell Westbrook and his contract. Again, like, here's the thing, and I saw a lot of people kind of saying, well, why would you take on longer-term money on Hayward than you would be getting rid of in Russell Westbrook? And my thing is, it's not just the contract. The con- There's no such thing as a bad expiring contract. The, th- the issue is Russ's reluctance to do anything in terms of adapting to this current role and the amount of poison that exists between him and the Lakers and specifically him and LeBron James. That over the course of the season, it just didn't seem like a relationship that was that, that looked like it was going to last very long. So I and and look, Gordon Hayward is on the other end of the spectrum in terms of approach to life than LeBron. And so it's not to say that their chemistry would be incredible right off the bat either. Uh, so there there are some questions there that I'm sure the Lakers are, are keeping in mind here. And and by the way, LeBron is somebody who has some say in this. Maybe that's something that really matters to him. So there's a lot at play here, and it's extremely early in this process. How it plays out, the other reports that come out, other potential deals that come out, um, that's going to be something to really pay attention here to. I just find it really interesting that this might be taking that next step forward if indeed it is conjecture from the Lakers' side saying, no, I, we don't want Hayward, we would rather have Rozier, um, and 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 maybe it allows the Lakers not have to add a salary or a, a, another pick in there. Maybe it allows the Lakers to get another player on top of Hayward. Maybe somebody like Mason Plumley. Whatever whatever the situation might be here, I find it really interesting. If again, keyword being if this is some kind of negotiating tactic publicly, both in the sense that it signals that maybe the teams have spoken. And it also signals that the Lakers are approaching their their negotiating tactics um, differently than they have to this point under Rob Palenka. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. Make sure you guys check out the podcast I recorded with my good buddy Philip Barnett. He is kind. He is the biggest Russell Westbrook fan that I know. He is also a lifelong and huge Lakers fan. And I was just really curious to see how those two uh, life experiences have come up against each other as Russell Westbrook, the great NBA player, has kind of sort of tanked the Lakers as a franchise or helped tank the Lakers as a franchise. So uh, I was, I, look, it was a really fun conversation, went in a few different directions, had a great time kind of needling him here and there for a few things because I have known the guy for about a decade now um so i hope you guys enjoyed that one check that out and then look also out for the rest of the stuff that we have coming to you guys for the rest of the week until all of that i'm anthony Irwin saying i'll take talk to y'all tomorrow